Hello, and welcome to PCB Chat, where we talk with experts across the printed circuit design, manufacturing, and electronic supply chain fields. I'm Mike Buto, Editor-in-Chief of PCDNF and Circuits Assembly. First, a word from today's sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Printed Circuit University. Printed Circuit University offers flexible, affordable electronics education on demand. Visit printedcircuituniversity.com to see more than 100 hours of online classes from some of the top professionals in their fields. My guests today are Larry Marcanti, Executive Director of the High Density Packaging User Group, also known as HDP, and his colleague, Madan Jagernath, who is Marketing Director and Project Facilitator. Thank you both for joining us on PCB Chat. It's always good to catch up with what's going on at HDP. As background, HDP is a consortium of more than 50 global companies that conceives and runs projects on electronics packaging and reliability. It has completed more than 50 such projects over the course of its 25 years. This is a classic example of how companies in an industry, sometimes even competitors, can collaborate on a much needed research in a cost-effective manner. Larry, I know HDP just held its semi-annual meeting in October can you tell us a little bit about how that went? Were you able to actually get back together in person for a change? Hi, Mike. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get back uh, and do an in-person meeting. But uh, over the COVID times, we've had a lot of practice in the, with our virtual meetings. And we're also set up to run most of our projects virtually as well. We've got a pretty good infrastructure for running meetings uh, in that manner. I guess the real issue that you run into with having a virtual meeting is the is the uh, collaboration sort of uh, get together of several people at the end of the day. Uh, also, uh, the interaction uh, makes it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But we've been able to uh, get around that. We hope to have our uh, February meeting in uh, in uh, California this uh, coming year, and uh, that will be our first face-to-face meeting in the last, oh, gee, it's been almost 18 months now. So we're, we're working towards that goal. Do you have dates set for that February meeting? It's going to be uh, the last, one of the last two weeks in February. We're working on uh, with our uh, sponsor uh, company. Uh, each uh, one of our company's uh, sponsors uh, sponsors our face-to-face meeting, and we're working, working with them in trying to establish the date right now. I'm looking at a list of projects that HDP has going on right now, and it's pretty thorough. I see 24 in total, including three in the definition stage. For our audience, could you explain what that means? Sure. The definition stage is how we prepare for uh, running a successful project. What we do during that stage is we uh, establish what a design of experiments would be for the particular project. We look at... uh, uh, the resources required to run the project. Uh, we have all those things lined up, and uh, it takes a lot, of, a lot of work in the definition phase for our project facilitators to coordinate with all our member companies to make sure we're focusing in on uh, a, a concise uh, set of deliverables that uh, we can achieve over an 18-month period. So that's uh, the main uh, activity during that uh, cycle. After the definition phase, we go to our board of directors and, and uh, the facilitator will present uh, uh, all, the, uh, all the details around the project, the deliverables, the resources, and uh, a little bit of background on the project. And based on uh, them uh, 
following the uh, our thrust in HDP to uh, uh, look at uh, new electronics areas. Uh, they uh, board of directors either approves or disapproves the project to go into the implementation phase. Once things are in implementation, then it's pretty much uh, run by the schedule. And the facilitator is a HDP employee, correct? Yes, that's an HDP staff member. We have about seven facilitators that work on different uh, different projects. We have a couple in Asia. Uh, we have one in Canada and uh, uh, about uh, four in the U.S. But the team leader is somebody that's coming from one of your member companies. Yeah, the team leader is always uh, – always from a, from a, a member company. Uh, they provide the technical direction for the projects. Facilitators have a lot of technical background, but their main responsibility is to uh, make sure the project's on schedule, that we have resourced properly, and that we, uh, we're working towards a schedule. And uh, he's responsible for meeting minutes, uh, setting up calls. We tri- typically try to have a cadence of about every two weeks, we'll have a project call on the, uh, on, the on each project. So, uh, that's uh, that's some of the background uh, that's always going on as far as working these projects. I, I know not every project will actually be followed through to completion for one reason or another, but uh, I'm guessing that every project actually does have a timeline. Yes, they do. We have a schedule that's set during the, when it goes into the implementation phase, and uh, we, we work to adhere to that uh, schedule. At our member meetings, we review how the project's doing to schedule. Sometimes there's unforeseen problems, like uh, your lab is closed because of COVID, <laughs> and you can't get in to work on the on the test parts. But uh, that's been an issue that we've had uh, here recently. But uh, uh, we pretty much try and adhere to the schedules that are set at the at going into implementation. Is there any limit to the number of members that can participate in the project? No, all our members can participate in as many projects as they want. Uh, they, it, the projects are open to open participation outside of HDP in the idea and definition phase. Uh, once we go into implementation, only members can participate. So that's kind of what our by- bylaws work. And that member list, uh, you know, we don't need to get into real detail yet, but the that includes a lot of blue chip companies and really kind of cuts across the whole electronic supply chain. Yes, it does. It uh, We have uh, members from a materials uh, standpoint, all the way to the assembly, uh, assembly houses, uh, contract manufacturers, uh, and uh, OEMs. So I think it's important to have all three of those types of companies involved because they all bring something to the table as far as uh, investigating a new uh, process or a technology. If a member company brings an issue to HDP and it's something that they want the consortium to explore, uh, does it have to get seconded or third? Or, I mean, does it, you know, what, what level of support is required for you to proceed? Well, we, we need to at least have two of our members that are interested in the project. That's, that's basically all it takes. And uh, uh, then it has to go through, since we do uh, most of our uh, work is in kind, we also may have to convince uh, maybe a PCB supplier that it's in his best interest to provide test boards for it. So uh, that's uh, that's some of the uh, some of the ins and outs that we have. There's we try and focus on uh, uh, printed circuit board uh, uh, technology type projects, and that's sort of our bread and butter. And uh, we've uh, we just recently also presented at the uh, member meeting an annual report. Every year we we go through and we put together a uh, 
synopsis of all our projects. And that synopsis is we use as a recruiting tool and also to inform our members. And uh, that is com- was just completed for our last uh, last year period. So uh, uh, that was an important part of our uh, member meeting that we had uh, in October. Do you make that synopsis available on your website or your LinkedIn page? It is available on our uh, website. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in available on our LinkedIn page or not. Uh, now, what did some of the recently finished projects look at, and what can you tell us about the results? And I say that knowing that because of HDP membership rules, there are strict limitations as to what can be shared outside of the consortium. Well, we're just wrapping up a project on uh, backdrill under BGAs. So uh, we're going to be presenting a paper on that at Apex coming up. So it's going to be, it's a very good uh, good project. And it's uh, one of the critical items that our members sort of brought together together. Uh, 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 if you take a look at large BGA sites that we use uh, uh, microvias in order to help with the channel routing for all the uh, ins and outs in in and out of a, a large BGA. Well, there's a lot of uh, issues when you do backdrill uh, that uh, you have to have very controlled dielectric thicknesses so that you're drilling down to the proper layer. There's also an issue with copper smear that can cause uh, uh, electromigration type problems between layers. And this uh, study looked at a whole variety of different uh, uh, processes, uh, three different processes for fabricating the microvias. And it also looked at uh, uh, biased, uh, uh, high, highly accelerated uh, uh, temperature cycling uh, testing uh, to look at the reliability of the parts. And uh, that paper will be presented at, at APEX, as I mentioned uh, some very interesting results came out of that. There's test data. There's uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, information that uh, we're sharing on that. We designed a specific coupon to take a look at different PCB design rules in that project to look at uh, uh, copper pad sizes, uh, what is the tolerance as far as drilling goes. And we designed a test coupon uh, that uh, looks at at those types of uh, capabilities for for a manufacturer, so uh, that that all will be uh, all will be covered in the uh, in in the uh, paper that uh, has been submitted and accepted for Apex coming up. For companies who are members, what do they get access to that you know, wouldn't necessarily be in that published paper? Well, they get access to the the Gerber files for all the test coupons. They get all the data that in the uh, raw data that, that has been uh, put together. Also, uh, uh, we do a, a statistical analysis of all the data and they get access to that. And it's a real-time process. So every two weeks we're going through and we're reviewing data. Uh, we're having industry experts from other companies comment on the data. Uh, so they get uh, firsthand in and outs, you know, just looking at the paper. If you don't live it, you don't really, uh, don't really gain uh gain a lot of, you gain, you gain a lot more by uh, participating. So the more you participate, the more uh, more value it is to, to you or your company. Some of the other studies that I looked at are ranging from bare board processing, like the interlayer copper balancing project that's led by Intel, to soldering and reliability predictors, which are led by Nokia and Fujitsu, respectively. I know we don't have time to talk about each one, but can you give us a glimpse into the work that you feel is most groundbreaking? 
Well, from uh, from the uh, interlayer copper balancing uh, project, one of the issues that uh, we see uh, with thick boards that have uh, a lot of BGAs uh, on them, uh, primarily processor boards, say if you like 18 and 20 layer boards, uh, you have differences in the overall thickness of the board. And this project put together some design uh, features and we evaluated those features on trying to level level the board, if, if you will. There's a significant amount of dips and uh, dips and dunks on a printed circuit board. If you take a look at uh, some of the high copper areas and some of the, the areas that are void of copper. So, and that impacts the assembly and uh, also it impacts the dielectric thicknesses, which in, in high speed boards are very critical. So uh, the, the goal of that project was to look at some design features that maintain the dielectric thickness and uh, also the topography of the board. So that, that's sort of a key, one of the key items that comes out of that project are some know-how that a board fabricator or designer can use to uh, uh, minimize that dielectric uh, spacing variation that you would see if you just normally went through and uh, laid out a board with standard features. You know, the the material decision that, you know, which laminate you're going to use uh, really plays heavily in, in every designer's mind. Would you say that over the years, HDP has probably reviewed every major subset of laminates uh, as they come available? We've looked at over 70 different laminate materials. And so that's a, that's a list. And uh, we've got, uh, we've come up with a standard uh, coupon that we've used and we've modified some over the, over the, the few years to try and incorporate some things that folks were uh, becoming as we've gone into higher, higher speed designs, there were some high speed coupons that have been added to it. There's also some other coupons uh, that look at some different design parameters and the impact of those on reliability. So we have an MRT test board. I think it's an MRT six right now, version six. Uh, and they're looking at an MRT version seven for some other features. But we've used a lot of IST testing to do the uh, a lot of our evaluations. And uh, we're looking at that and we have a standard baseline comparison of some standard coupons that we look at for each each material. Uh, some of the materials, we try and get materials that are just almost ready for release. Uh, the laminators uh, use these test results to, to fine-tune their uh, their formulas, and uh, it's been a good, good project for the printed circuit board industry as a whole, I think, because we've come up with a standard way of evaluating uh, some of the materials. Do new members gain access to the previously completed research? Yeah, so that's one of the benefits of becoming a member is that you get access to all the past projects and all the past project data. Each project we write a final report on and we characterize uh, all the results of the, 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 uh, the, the project. And uh, that is uh, put together in, uh, in a pretty concise report. Uh, sometimes uh, we have all the data, uh, Gerber pro- plots of the test coupons, uh, the raw data, all of that material is put into an archived uh, project folder that uh, uh, members can access. So for those who really want to kind of cut to the chase uh, and haven't been members in the past, they could join and, and really kind of get a uh, capture lightning in a bottle, in a, so to speak. 
That's right. You get a quick, uh, quick dive of uh, 70 different materials in that particular project. And there's other, other projects that have similar results that would be very valuable to, uh, to a member company. Can we talk a little bit more about how the project design works? So, for example, if a company learns of a project that has already begun and decides they want to be part of it, can they join after the fact? Yes, they can. Yeah, they, they can join. Uh, in fact, we've got a couple of new new companies, Kotec and uh, Umira, uh, that have just joined, and they've jumped into uh, a couple of projects, on co- one on copper foil and uh, another one on uh, on uh, material uh, copper coatings for high-speed uh uh, circuitry, looking at some different types of uh, finishing. So uh, they basically, once you become a member, you just uh, you can uh, request uh, to be added to a mailing list, and you get all the project uh, meeting information uh, that uh, that is going on. And we try and keep our website. Uh, each project has a web web uh, project uh, list, and uh, the past meeting minutes are in there along with some of the uh, presentations that have been made in the past. So uh, it's pretty easy for someone to catch up to uh, uh, where things are at with a particular project. Does work ever begin with the hope that over time it will, once completed, influence the industry standards? Yeah, we have a project like that that is in the idea phase right now that we're just starting. It's uh, taking a look at uh, next generation SIR testing. If you take a look at SIR testing, it uses a comb pattern, a B23, IPC B23 pattern, which looks at a comb pattern and they test at uh, five volts. Well, a lot of uh, uh, different product product segments are seeing that that five volts isn't uh, really uh, match what their products need. So if you look at automotive, they're looking at a thousand volts. So that little comb pattern that was good for five volts isn't good for a thousand volts, and you might not see the same type of uh, issues. So the so the both so the power flux and the, also the uh, the geometry of the comb pattern has changed. So we have a uh, we just have a kickoff meeting next week on this particular project that's being led by. Uh, Gen 3, Graham Nesbeth of, of that company, and uh, he's uh, uh, very expert in reliability testing and uh, has been uh, chair of the IPC test group. So the intent of this project is to generate some data to validate uh, some new test procedures of SIR to look at both the high voltage and the low voltage, which is in space and some of the medical requirements are down to two volts and uh, 50 micron spaces. So uh, it's going to be taking a look at a variety of those and having people participate by uh, doing testing and validating test methods for different types of voltage and and, uh, geometry parameters. So I think that'll be a a very good project. And the intent is to use that data to validate uh, uh, B53 coupon, which is a new coupon that they're uh, considering IPC. So that's one that kind of impacts that area. With all the emphasis on electric vehicles, it seems that HEP could probably have you know ten years of work just redoing all the work you've done for high power products. Yeah, that is uh, is uh, an area that we've we've looked at trying to get in. A lot of the automotive companies are very proprietary with their uh, with their designs and their uh, in their uh, technology and. Uh, Trying to uh, get more collaboration in that product sector is a very diff- difficult job. 
we're still working. We we think this SIR project will be something that will uh, maybe drive more participation by automotive suppliers into that space. They need to realize that more and more of their products becoming uh, more like uh, computers that everyone uses uses today. So uh, having good reliability data is very essential. And uh, this is a good way participating in a consortium like HDP is a very good way to achieve that data. Is there any other project or area that you'd like to discuss before we wrap up? We've got a lot of projects in the high-speed area. We've got one in ultra-low DK glass, taking a look at some of the new glass styles. Uh, I think Madan Jaggernaut, who's on this call, uh, is a project facilitator for that. Maybe, Madan, you could just kind of give him a couple, a little bit of background uh, ultra-low DK glass uh, project. Sure, Larry. Um, so basically, the ultra-low DK glass project is looking at uh, skew in signals. As you look at uh, high-speed circuits, you're really looking at what's the spread of the signal over any length of a, a copper circuit. And the, the skew is really the, the spread of the signal. If, if you have too high a skew, then you get uh, higher bit error rates in your circuits. So this is one of the areas where uh, having the, the low dielectric uh, materials helps to get higher uh, uh, speed circuits. Uh, you know, as we look at uh, things like um, uh, wireless circuits and the, 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 the frequencies that are necessary there and the data rates that we're getting on board level, uh, we're now talking about 100 gigabit and above types of circuits. And for that, you have to have uh, very well controlled uh, uh, products uh, so that you actually can get the signal to noise ratio that you need. Well, I know that folks who want to learn more about HDP and its goals can check out our podcast with John Davignon from June 2020, or they could visit pcdnf.com for our interview. And of course, you could always visit the hdpusergroup.org website for more information. Madan, Larry, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. This brings us to a close to today's podcast. And thank you both for filling us in on the latest HDP research. Thanks also to our sponsor, Printed Circuit University. Get flexible, affordable electronics education on demand. Visit Printed Circuit University to see more than 100 hours of online classes from some of the top professionals in the field. This is Mike Buteau for PCB Chat. Have a good day. Mm